One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM. Fight Nights with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Welcome to the home of British boxing on the radio. Talk Sports Fight Night is back once again like the renegade master. Myself, Adam Catterall, uh, accompanied uh, by the man from the award-winning Fight Disciples podcast, Nick Peets in the studio. Good evening, sir. Evening, buddy. Uh, lots to come on the show tonight. Guest galore, as it was last week. It's just getting action-packed at this moment in time. Very shortly, uh, we're going to be speaking to a man by the name of Martin Murray. He's taking on Billy Joe Saunders for the WBO Middleweight Championship of the World. That's happening uh, a little later on this year. We're also going to be speaking to Lucas Brown. He's been in the UK this week. He's back home in Australia. He's fighting Dillian White. Dan Hardy from the world of mixed martial arts is going to be on the show to discuss UFC 220. Isaac. Chamberlain's going to be on as well and of course I will be crossing over to America to talk to Gareth A. Davis as we get all excited about Errol Spence Jr. Lamont Peterson happening in the early hours of the morning. If you want to get involved with this show at any point you know what to do by now. Come on get your phone out and let's have a ring. I want you involved in the show. This is yours as much as it is mine. 08717 Don't be frightened of ringing and having a little bit of a chat with some of the guys that we've got on the show, or maybe you want to bring something up that's happening in the world of fight sports, you're more than welcome to do so. Uh, you can text as well, 81089, and if you just want to tweet us directly, at Adam Catterall. Ping that straight in, it'll come straight to the studio, I can see it, and we'll use it, alright? At Adam Catterall on all things social media. Uh, however, a little bit of housekeeping, early doors, because as I've just said, fighting, actual fighting, is back. For the, for the last two weeks, we've just been chinwagging. That's what we've been doing. Absolutely. We've been talking about potential fights that we're all dead excited about um, and things that are getting made in the upcoming months. However, tonight, over in the States, it gets back underway with the best welterweight on the planet, in my opinion. I'm sure we'll have that discussion throughout the course of the morning. Um, and also, the baddest men on the planet in the world of UFC go toe-to-toe tonight. It's going to be unbelievable. If you're not a UFC fan, may I urge you to stay up or maybe get up at around about 4, 4.30 in the morning uh, to watch two unbelievable clashes. One in the light heavyweight division, one in the heavyweight division. Seriously, you are going to see fireworks. We'll get to that again a little bit later on. Uh, shall we do news? Because on last week's show, when we were sat here with Johnny Nelson, right? Yep. We knew it were happening. That's right. We knew that the announcement was coming. But he was a little bit non-committal, contractual. He was trying to be coy about it, wasn't contractual. it? We let the cat right out the bag, obviously, as we, we told usually you. do. We told you that AJ and Parker was coming on the 31st. That's what we told you. Anyway, it was confirmed last Sunday. Uh, they've had the press conferences this week. That's done. We're not going to dwell on that. We know it's coming now. We're dead yep. excited about it. Great to see the first ever British, uh, sorry, first ever heavyweight unification 
Um, British soil. On British soil is yep. where I was going with that. Thanks for helping me out. That's why you're here, mate. Well done, you. <laughs> um, also, uh, we'll speak with Gareth a little bit later on in the show about uh, Tyson and his license situation. Um, obviously, subject to uh, medical clearance, but his, uh, the ban on his license has been lifted, which is great news for the heavyweight division. Uh, and hopefully he can get himself back in that mix with the likes of AJ, with the likes of Parker, with the likes of Deontay Wilder. Um, just on a little bit of a side note, your mate Pricey mm-hmm. being chucked into the mix with the likes of Alexander Povetkin yeah. on the undercard of AJ. He's accepted it. Povetkin, though, at this moment in time, he hasn't signed, sealed, delivered yet, has he? Apparently not, no, but um, obviously they're, they're trying to put Povetkin in a bit of a shop window to build towards what inevitably will be a, a mandatory defence for AJ further down the line. And obviously, uh, David Price has seen this as a bit of an opportunity. He did come sideways, though, Adam. I'm, I'm quite surprised Price he accepted the fight because he's on a bit of a different journey at the moment. Mm. But you know what? In this heavyweight division, opportunity knocks. That's and it. Right place, right time. You never know. Uh, also uh, in the mix for that is Derek uh, Chisora, uh, who I'm led to believe will be sparring uh, Lucas Brown, who uh, was over in the country this week. Um, confirming his fight with Dillian White. We'll be speaking to Lucas, hopefully, with time difference and various things like that. It's a bit of a nightmare, but we'll hopefully try and get him uh, before midnight tonight. So make sure you stick around. A little bit of sad news regarding uh, those that want to see Mikey Garcia uh, take on Jorge Linares at some point. Um, uh, Mikey's fight, upcoming fight with uh, Sergey Lipinets has just been put back. Lipinets injured, so he's been yeah. put back to March the 10th, which then might affect later dates for uh, Jorge Linares. Hopefully not, but hopefully we, uh, we do get to see that. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Martin Murray is taking on Billy Joe Saunders. That's April 14th. Uh, Terry Flanagan taking on Mo Hooker on there as well for the WBO Super Lightweight Crown. We've mentioned this on a couple of weeks ago when Scott Quigg was here and various other lads that we spoke to that are connected to this this division like Anthony Crawler. Yep. Anthony Crawler for Terry Flanagan would have been the big super fight in the UK. However, Terry Flanagan's vacated his title and moved on up. He has, but you know what? It opens up another super fight for, for the city of Manchester and its greater region anyway with potentially a fight with Jack Cattle down the line. So mm. I like the sound of that one. Uh, my namesake, obviously, uh, the man that I picked as my prospect of the year last year. Current British be- champion. Current British champion could be fighting for a world title. And obviously, Jack, if you're listening, that Catterall name, you've got to give me 10%. You know how it works, mate. Uh, Speaking of Anthony Crawler, I'm hearing that this is the thing that's annoying me at this moment in time, right? Promoters, and I love you both, Eddie and Frank, absolutely adore you, the pair of you. But stop putting big fights on the same night. You're making me as a fight fan now have to choose what I want to watch yeah. or what I want to go and see. I'm hearing now, we've just heard Billy Joe Saunders, Martin Murray and that Terry Flanagan fight on April 14th, Okay. In the works for April 14th, Anthony Crawler, Luke Campbell. No, not another one. Not another clash. There you go. (sighs) Anyway, the other clash, by the way, is April 21st. Amir Khan's come back and uh, the lovely Carl Frampton doing his thing against Nanita Donaire, which is a fantastic super fight. But on the Amir Khan undercard, uh, Sean Mashadod, a mate of yours, taking on Tommy Coyle. That's a great little knock. Great great domestic clash, yeah. Mm. Uh, March 24th, this is now confirmed. Frank Bullioni, Callum Johnson. We're both big fans of both of those guys. That's a great fight. It kind of fell off last uh, year because of uh, Callum illness and various things like that. Mm-hmm. Great to see that that is back on. It's back on the white-brown undercard. Um, and uh, Josh Taylor was out and about this week uh, with his press conference as well. Uh, Humberto Soto, March 3rd, Glasgow. I fully anticipate, and my prediction at the back end of last year was that Josh Taylor would be fighting for a world title at some point this year. I would anticipate that that might be next. According to Barry McGuigan, I was listening to him talking about it this week. Exactly, that certainly sounds and shapes up to be a good eliminator, final eliminator. And, you know, at the end of the day, the performances he's put in in the last 12 months, let him off the lead, let let him go for it. You know, it doesn't matter how old he is or the amount of experience he's had. He looks ready. Let's throw him in there. It's time for the world title fight. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Good news 
We've, it's very rarely that we're uh, spreading good news, uh, but good news uh, to see Eric Scogland up and about. Now, for yes. those that don't know too much about Eric, Eric's the guy that faced Callum Smith in the quarterfinal of the World Boxing Super Series Super Middleweight. That happened in Liverpool. Fantastic fight between the pair of them. It was a nip and tuck. Callum obviously ends up winning that yep. and winning that well, but Eric definitely won a whole lot of fans here in Britain. He was scheduled to fight Rocky Fielding at the back end of last year. Bell Hay 2 card, which got pulled ultimately. But, Absolutely, yeah. but in the build-up to that, um, Eric just through routine training, yeah. uh, collapsed at training, ended up in an induced coma. They've operated on him, and he's been in a bit of a bad way over the Christmas and New Year period. But it was great to see on all his social media channels this week and from his management that he's up and about. He's back home. He's on the road to recovery. Great to see. It is. It is great to see. And as you know, I made a, a close ties with him while he was over in Liverpool. Him and his family, and had a real nice chat with them. And we were looking to do something further down the line in terms of, you know, broadening his media exposure in the UK. But um, obviously. This accident's happened. Thankfully, he is back on his feet. Um, obviously, he's, he's on the road to recovery right now. That's where the confidence is. But I'm also hearing that the Swedish regulations, the governing bodies over there and, and the governments in Sweden as well are, are having a serious look at boxing once again. It was banned in Sweden for, mm. law for a long time. And unfortunately, this may, way, may well set it back another 10 years. We take for granted, don't we, being obviously in Britain and therefore we think that the rest of the world is exactly like us. For example, later on, we're going to be speaking about mixed martial arts being banned in France. France. Yeah. And the reason why we're bringing that up is because there's a kid that was training out of France for a period of time called Francis Ngannou, who could become the heavyweight champion of the world tonight. Yeah. He's had to uh, jump ship from France and obviously go over to Las Vegas and train out of there to get the right type of training for him to compete at the very highest levels. And as you rightly said previously in Sweden, it's only recently as well, isn't it? I think it's yeah. only over the last five years Literally or so that the they brought it back in. Pro, pro, but, and do you know why they did? Because there was a, such a big lobby for pro boxing because Sweden is actually one of the biggest regions in all of Europe for mixed martial arts. Yeah. So for a lot, so for a while, eh, mixed martial arts was legal in Sweden. Yeah, professional boxing wasn't, which to us as boxing fans, and we've kind of, you know in the last 10 years, gone through the journey of, oh, what's this cage-fighting kind of sport? Yep. So having to learn about mixed martial arts. And in this country, it's still yet to be fully governed, mixed martial arts. Yet in Sweden, they've kind of done it the opposite way around. They've embraced mixed martial arts. Actually, the home of um, the International Mixed Martial Arts Federation is in Stockholm. The governing body for the entire sport is based in Sweden, which is crazy. Mm. Um, anyway, great to see him up and about. Absolutely. Um, and... Um, Forget boxing, Absolutely. forget fighting. Listen, it's all about health wish at the end well. of the day. And we wish him is. extremely well. He's got a fantastic, like you say, he's got a very close-knit team there, all of which were his family members, weren't they? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, now, we're going to touch upon it. Of course we are. Um, AJ Parker, we're excited about it. 31st uh, of March, Cardiff. That's where we're all rocking and rolling. And as I said right at the top of the show, it's the first time, and I can't believe that this is the first ever time, uh, that we've got a, a unification clash on British soil. And we brought this up kind of loosely last week when Johnny was on the show talking about undisputed champions. Mm-hmm. We don't get them. No. Anybody that listens to this, obviously, if you're a, a, a casual boxing fan, you will you will associate the likes of Jimmy Lennon Jr., Michael Buffer, the ring announcers, the guys that say the big words at the start. And you would always use the word undisputed when announcing, wouldn't you? Yep. If you were pretending to be a fighter now making the ring walk, if you're in there, you're the undisputed champion of the world. Absolutely. But I how did, many... I did that when I got out of the shower about two hours ago. Absolutely. You're rocking and rolling downstairs, getting your Cheerios in the morning. I'm the undisputed champion of the world. <laughs> it very, very rarely happens. So much so that last year we saw the first undisputed champion um, for uh, I think it was 15 years. Yep. Uh, Jermaine Taylor was the uh, undisputed middleweight champion of the world. 
Nobody has ever held all four recognised belts until Terence Crawford did it last year. Now, when I say all four recognised belts, I'm talking WBA, IBF, WBC and WBO. That's current. Yeah. Okay, that's where we're at at this moment in time. Mm -hmm. It's only since 2007 that the WBO has been what we would class as a recognised belt. So you've got the likes of Mike Tyson, who was the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, but he was a three belt uh, title holder. Muhammad Ali, for example, was a two belt. Yep. But still the undisputed. So in modern day boxing, to be, the undisputed, to be the undisputed champion, we put the IBO to one side for a moment, mm-hmm. but you've got to have all four, all right? Now, it's never um, been done, as I've just said, but this year... I'm pretty confident that we are going to see an undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. It'd be incredible. It would be incredible. I hope that hopefully the ring magazine's going to be on the line as well. I know there's a Tyson Fury situation because it still belongs to Tyson, but I would like to see that thrown in the mix with AJ. Um, and as you say, hang the, on a minute. There's so only one way it's going to go. You can't say that because you know full well Listen, that the ring magazine, you only lose it one. You can't be stripped. You've got to lose it in the ring. Absolutely, but. They've actually said that if he's Tyson got... Tyson isn't boxing anymore. Yeah. They've said, well, they've said, haven't they? We're making noises and we'll talk later on the show about him getting his licence back or yeah. certainly applying for it. But right here, right now, look at Tyson and tell me he's going to fight tomorrow. He doesn't look like a, a professional athlete at the moment. Mm. He's got a, still got an awful lot of weight to shift. Mm. That's priority number one. Mm. Uh, and AJ is the, is the man of the moment. He is the golden boy of the heavyweight division. But you're right. You know, Inevitably, it's got to end up with AJ fighting Deontay Wilder at the back end of 2018 with that green and gold belt of Deontay Wilder on the line as well and we could get for the first time in a long time the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world last would be amazing the last man Lennox Lewis mate 1999 I think he rented 2001 it be amazing yeah, then for, for AJ to follow in the footsteps of the greatest British boxer we've ever had there you go for AJ to follow in his footsteps phenomenal unbelievable anyway more on the heavyweight division a little later on more on the UFC heavyweight division a little later on however coming up next we're going to be speaking hopefully uh, to uh, Martin Murray Martin Murray is uh, attempting to become a world champion right he's already had five cracks at it this is his sixth you would guess that this is his last and he's taking on in my opinion the best middleweight on the planet all right let the text come in now with people saying what He's fighting Triple G. What? He's fighting Canelo? No, I think Billy Joe Saunders is the boy. Anyway, we'll get to it next. You listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Would you go with this as a ring walk? This is a good one. It's a solid one, isn't it? Go on this, yeah. It's solid. Hmm. Mine's always uh, Dancing in the Dark by uh, The Boss. Got to have a little bit of Bruce Springsteen. Because that's what you're doing, aren't you? You go for a little bit of Dancing in the Dark. Anyway, uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Hope you're well. It's uh, Adam Catterall. Uh, Nick Peake's here as well. Um, if you want to get involved with the show, you're more than welcome to do so. At Adam Catterall on Twitter. You can text 81089. You can also uh, phone the show this evening, 08717 We've got a plethora of guests coming your way. Isaac Chamberlain's on the show. Uh, Dan Hardy and Lucas Brown also on the show. But right now, let's get it underway. Let's open that phone line and get our first guest on the show. This man at one point, will be the mayor of St. Helens. There's no question about Absolutely. it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Deputy Mayor Mad Benny, isn't it? No, Deputy Mayor Mad Benny, yeah. No, I think he's campaign manager. He's Mad Benny. He's going out there on his uh, on his uh, shop mobility scooter. He's going to be wrapped. Handing out leaflets. He's handing out the leaflets. That's what he's going to be doing, yeah. Martin Murray, welcome to the show. How are you, mate? How are we doing, lads? You all right? Yeah, sweet, my friend. Sweet. Congratulations. Um, we're going again for another world title. Thank you, mate. Yeah, fifth one, this. Um, now or never. 
Uh, yeah, the fifth one, obviously, uh, very happy to get get me chance. Definitely my last chance. Um, but yeah, over the moon with it. And if we're let's let's be honest, right? As we look at this, right, there'll be certain fight fight fans that look at this and they'll uh, they'll go off the back of Billy Joe's performance at the end of the year, David Lemieux. Yeah. And he it was. Whoa, 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 whoa! Never mind certain fight fans. You're calling Billy Joe Saunders the best middleweight on the planet. All right, right settle now, down. So Martin's on, on the show. Man. Calm yourself down, right, oh, for a second. Is he now? Yeah, see, he's changed his <laughs> colours now, Martin. See, not listen. I've been out there and said it. Team Murray. <laughs> listen, Mark. I am Team Murray. I am. All right, all right. Listen, oh, good, I did right, say this. Man. I did say this, right? But off the back of that, there'll be fight fans looking at it, going, right, okay, what happened to Triple G? What happened to Canelo? What happened to Daniel Jacobs? What happened to all this? Now, yeah. all those fighters, all those fighters are tied up. So if I look at it, this makes perfect sense for from both people because Billy Joe Saunders needs a proper test. Mm-hmm. He needs someone to be coming forward, high energy, giving him a proper go, you know? And if we're honest, I mean, really honest, the only person that's really caused, all right then, that's dominated you at middleweight is Triple G. The other world title fights that you've been in, my friend, as I've said to you at your face previously, I personally thought you've won them. So the yeah. triple G thing, the triple G thing, is probably the reason why you're in this situation. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I only look at myself at middleweight as having one genuine loss, um, and you know that was against that was against Golovkin. But like you said, with everybody tied up now, um, it does make perfect sense. Billy Joe needs a test. He's obviously coming off a good win against Lemieux. Um, he needs a good solid test, and that's what I can guarantee him. So. Um, you know, he's he's coming off like I said a good performance in the last fight. He's on good form, and he's uh, you know you know he wants to carry it on and uh, and do a job on me, and then you know move move on to the winner in Golovkin and Canelo. But obviously, I'm uh, I'm going to do everything in my uh, in my might to uh, to win that world title and put a put a stop to his uh, put a stop to his good performances of late. Obviously, you're, you're referencing there, Martin, his performance against David Lemieux, which you know has widely been accepted now as the best probably British overseas performance of 2017. He was outstanding that night. And yeah. I'll, I'll be honest, hand on heart, I didn't think that Billy Joe existed anymore. Did you did you expect Billy Joe to produce that kind of a performance? Yeah, yeah you know what, Nick, I did. Um, I, I spoke boxing news for me about the week before, and I, 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 I met. There's not many times I get a fight right when I pick them. <laughs> um, I'm telling you, I've, I've had some shockers in the past, but um, I, I, I predicted that. I just thought he was going to box out of his skin. Um, Lemieux to me, no disrespect, but Lemieux is a, a bit of a one trick pony for me. He, he's obviously. He's a he's a big bang. He punches, but he can be outboxed. But proving that in in the, the couple of times he's been beat before. Um, so you know, I predicted Billy Joe to go on and and do that. Billy Joe's a great fighter, slick as they come. So and he was going to be up for it, obviously, with it with with it being overseas and and defending his title and bigger fights to come if he gets through it. So I, I thought he'd be on his game. So I wasn't surprised to be honest with you, but it's um it's it's obviously a great win for him. Do you think you've got to knock him out, Martin? No, no, I don't. Um, not at all. Um, I mean, the the good the good thing is with this, obviously, it's you know it's it's my first, it's my fifth world title. It's my first one in in England. Mm. Um, so you know, I only look at myself as having one genuine loss in in them four, four world titles, and that was Golovkin. So the other three, obviously, two in Germany, uh, debatable. One in Argentina, debatable. So. Yep. I think the fact that it's over here in the UK, it's um, you know it, it, it's going to give me a fair, a fair crack of the whip. 
I like that. Debatable. Argentina weren't debatable. debatable. You put him on his backside uh, twice, right? You won the fight. You got oh, done. Right. Let's be straight. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, against... Who's at the time as well? The guy everyone was saying was the best middleweight. Yeah, absolutely. Planet, incidentally. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's um who, who's working with you in the corner? Because obviously we've seen uh, uh, Oliver up and about. He's looking really, really well. I know that you've been doing yeah. bits with Jamie. How's it all going to be working? Well, we've always slept, um, we've been speaking as a team. Um, obviously, Oliver's still obviously poorly. He's not 100%. He's loads better. He looks mint. Um, yeah, he looks really well. He's, you know what? He, he, he's heavier now than he was before his operation. So he, he's, had, he's, he's had a good better. Christmas then. He's had a good Christmas. <laughs> yeah, he's had a good Christmas, yeah. But he's, uh, you know what? He's, he's obviously, he's, he's gone through a lot, but he's, yeah. he's come out of it good. Um, because obviously he's, he's looking laws better than he did before, but mm. um, we, we, we've had a chat. I'm, I'm going to do once a week at Oliver's, and um, the rest of the time at Jamie's. Yeah. Um, Oliver, if if the fights, if the fights close um, local, Oliver can Oliver can come do it, yeah. um, and end up in the corner with Jay. If yeah. it's um, if it's further afield like where he has to stay over overnight because of the circumstances with what's happened to him I don't think he'd be, he'd be able to do it you see so so yeah I'm just going all of us once a week working on tactics with Al and then um, yeah in, uh, in, in with Jay rest at time What's uh, what is the word on venue? Because that's what going to be my next question. There, I heard. London or Manchester? Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm hearing. One or the other. Yeah, that's it, Nick. Yeah, I'm same with you. Uh, Men or auto, I believe. Any preferences auto, at all? Auto, oh, is it? Would you rather be? Would you rather be closer to home? Men for me. Yeah, just just because it just with it being closer to home, I could just fit more into me into my daily routine. You know, obviously with the meal situation, for example, because I'm. Because the meals they have, um, and, and my carbon up process, it just made me taking a lot of stuff down there, already done, and you know it's the eating up process and also I just like things local. So ideally Manchester, but if not London's London's not a million miles away, is it? No. He's saying say that though, but I think is have you ever not won by knockout at the MEN? I'm sure he's got this amazing like knockout run at the MEN anyway. So. Um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That Nick, I don't. Think <laughs> <laughs> he's thinking. Hang on, he's thinking about yeah, carving up, but it's the record. Points in London. Yeah, so, there you go. go. There you go. Right. Never mind talk, talking about carving up, right, and blagging your own business on this blooming radio show, Sunshine. I know what you're up to. <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> Listen, um, I know. I know. I noticed the other day uh, that you've set uh, Mad Benny up on uh, social media. Now, how's he getting on? Yeah, he's doing good. Obviously, the the um, Instagram took him down at twelve thousand. His last account. <laughs> Unbelievable! And, uh, they took him down. Yeah, they took him off. Yeah, they didn't even give him a warning. So um, they took him off, and he's on, he's on twenty two thousand now. He's never count. So he's, he's he's doing well. He's doing well out of it. You know, it's it's obviously seventy five next month. It's given him a new Jeez. lease of life. Things, things are going well for him. He is like a, like a perfect example is where, where we're both from. In Saint Helens, uh, I, I went to met him the other day. I was walking down the street, 
and three random people come up and ask me to take a picture of them with Benny. Brilliant. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So Brilliant. He, he, he's like a local celebrity now, which is great. I'm, I'm made up for him. Mate, there's a TV show in it. I'm telling you, his his escapades down the union are a TV show. 100%. You need to get it pitched to someone, lad. Oh, he's a legend, isn't he? <laughs> Did you see when we locked his scooter up last week? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, you couldn't write it, honestly. Him, him, his conversations with Sadiq, who's uh, the geezer in the uh, in the local oh, shop, Sadiq, brilliant. Sadiq's the main man. Superb. Oh, Sadiq has him up the wall. But, yeah, it's uh, obviously... It's um, always good times when I go seeing Benny and Sadiq. Are you um are you going to use him again for ring walk because you were uh, on your last fight, weren't he? Oh, he loved it. Yeah, I am. Yeah, obviously, depending where it is, he's obviously with him being how he is, and obviously, um, yeah. you know, a bit older, he's, he's a bit high maintenance. Um, <laughs> now so, he's a celeb. Now he's a big <laughs> celeb. He's a celeb. So if it's local, it, it's a lot easier managed than obviously uh, him staying over. But yeah, I mean, obviously, I'll ask him again if he wants to do it. Well, I'll get him on it, course I will. Get him on scooter, mate. Scooter oh, in front imagine. of you. Just driving in. <laughs> That'll be sensational. I'd enjoy you won't take it anywhere. Super. I've asked him for he asked him he won't do it, he said. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, mate, all the best we can. You said it yourself right at the top there. There's something quite dangerous that guy that knows that this is his last chance. So yeah. all the very best, yeah. man. Really give it oh, uh, a good good things, man. Listen, good things happen to good people, I'm telling you, and you deserve it. Oh, cheers, mate. Thanks, mate. Cheers. I'm a nice one, lads. Obviously, give it me all. Now or never. Last chance to learn. Call it what you want, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll, be, I'll be going out on my shield. Well, we'll, so, all, have a, we'll all have a do at Murray's Tavern. We'll all be back to Murray's Tavern oh, for a yeah, bit of a do. Definitely. definitely. <laughs> See you in a bit, mate. Oh, Take care. Nice one, lads. Thanks. Look after yourself. Cheers. And you, mate. Take care. Superb. He is one of the nicest dudes in boxing, isn't he? Absolutely. Love him Absolutely. to bits. Uh, Martin Murray there. For those that uh, didn't know, if you joined that conversation halfway through, Martin Murray, uh, Billy Joe Saunders, April 14th. Um, venue not confirmed as of yet. We think it's going to be London, don't we? But just yeah. the way that everything's shaping up there. Uh, April 14th. On the undercard there, uh, Terry Flanagan uh, against Mo Hooker. Two so world title think fights. It might be Manchester. That might, might, makes me think yeah, they may do it there, you know. Maybe. WBO super lightweight um, for Terry Flanagan to become a two-weight world champion. Um, and obviously, Billy Joel will be uh, defending his uh, WBO middleweight championship. He's been so unfortunate, Martin, hasn't he? I know that we were laughing and joking about various things there, but I mean that. In the middleweight yeah. division, there's only Triple G that's dominated this guy. He's been in Germany twice. He's been, um, obviously, in Argentina. The Argentinian fight is a farce. He put he put manners on Martinez that night. Just being a man at the time, Sergio Martinez was the best middleweight on the planet. And uh, to go over to Argentina and to put in that kind of performance, to drop Martinez in front of his own people like that, that was not part of the script. Martin was never going to win on points, unfortunately. And as mm. it proved in the end, you know, he didn't get the decision. As you say, Golovkin's the only one that's really schooled him. You know, the Felix Sturm draw was an absolute joke. And at the time, when he fought Golovkin, by the way, he went to the 11th round. Everybody else was getting put out in that's the first true. and second. Absolutely, of course. And then obviously later on, similar to um, Arthur Abram. Uh, if you remember the Arthur Abram fight, Murray got a point taken off, right? I think it was the 11th or the 12th mm, round, mm. just to sway the judges. So if anybody deserves a stroke of luck, it's Martin. But of course, you know, you, you touched on it. Billy Joe now looks like the man. So, you know. Well, I stand by that. And I, even saying it to Martin there, I think Billy Joe is the man, but I am always Team Murray. Nice guy, and hopefully nice things happen to nice people. There you go. Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport. Stick around. Lucas Brown's going to be on the show, Isaac Chamberlain. And hopefully before we get to 11 o'clock, we'll be speaking uh, to Dan Hardy as well. Don't go anywhere. Come back. I've been here for years. I'm rocking my pants. What's up with the beer? Making the 
this is more you, isn't it? This is my kind of. This is more you. This is more you. Yeah. Coming in with um, a hole cut out of a towel round your head. No, no actual robes. No proper get-up. Very Tyson-esque is how I imagine you would walk to the ring to that tune. Uh, no, no, I, I was the full like beyond me knee tasseled shorts. Would you like the full it? Yeah, if you're gonna do it, you may as well do it. Proper job, proper yeah, job. Oh, yeah. huh. Full Ricky Atten. Rick, Ricky Atten tasseled yeah. up tight. <laughs> Why not? Tackle. Oh man, can you hang about with our next guest on a regular basis? Now that he knows that information, he's probably never going to speak to you ever That's again, true, then. True, actually, yeah. Um, now away from the world of boxing. Um, the world of mixed martial arts has got something very special for us tonight. The UFC 220. We've said on many occasions on this show that UFC in 2017 kind of buffered a little bit at the start of last year off the back of Conor McGregor becoming the champ champ. Uh, we waited for the UFC to really get going and it didn't really get going until the middle of the year. However, mm-hmm. I can't imagine it not getting going tonight. It is going to be unbelievable. Early hours of the morning, the light heavyweight titles on the line, the heavyweight titles on the line. I'm excited, Nick's excited, and if we're excited, then there's a man that's even double excited. <laughs> it is Dan Hardy. Welcome to the show, mate. How are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? Very well, man. Very well indeed. Thank you so much for being on the show. We, have, we haven't undersold that, have we, Dan? You, you are double excited. I'm, I'm bouncing off the walls. I'm just about to get my second <laughs> cup of coffee down, mate. <laughs> for those that don't know, Dan is a bit of a night owl. He likes to stay up. He, he watches Absolutely. all the fights. You're going straight through. You're not one of these that is having a, a little cat nap, are you, mate? You're going right through. No, no, straight through, all night. <laughs> Let's start with the light heavyweights, all right? Um, yeah. Earlier early this week, I caught up with uh, Jimmy Manor. We're going to hear about that in a minute. He's been in with Volcan. Now, the weird thing about this is that this could be... J- Jimmy could be in this situation that tonight. That was an eliminator, yeah. The he fight could, with Volcan was an eliminator. He could be the boy tonight. So it's Volcan. Just give the people listening to the show, Dan, a little bit of background on Volcan because he's only been around really a year, hasn't he, in the world of UFC? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a massive opportunity coming into the UFC on short notice. He took a fight on two weeks against uh, OSP, and it was a tough fight. He got a split decision, but you've got to think OSP was ranked top five at the time, and, hmm. and had already taken John Jones five rounds. So that uh, that reflected really good on him. And then his next two fights, he knocked out Misha Serkinov in, well, less than 90 seconds, and then he did the same thing to Jimmy Manoa. And it, it's a... It's a scary close-range power, which is really interesting in this fight because you know Cormier's got to close distance. Yeah. He's the closer man, he's the wrestler, so he's got to try and get his hands on Uzdemir. So he's got to pass through that danger zone. Now, if he can, I think you know he's probably going to go the same way as the Rumble Johnson fight. He gets him down, he wears him out, probably gets a late rear naked choke or maybe a decision. But, but you know, those first couple of rounds for, for certain are scary, and we really don't know what Uzdemir's uh, conditioning's like because he's not been pushed that much. Well, he's only, he's only, like you say, he's only been in there 90 seconds and he's gone home. He's not even needed a shower as the lad. Re- regarding that short <laughs> regarding that short range power, that's exactly what happened to Jimmy, wasn't it? They were in the clinch and then just as he's coming out the clinch, he got clipped and that was the end of it. I mean, if that happens tonight, oof, that we're talking we're talking a guy that's only had four fights in the UFC becoming the the world champion. Oh, absolutely, it's one of the fastest rises to, to a title shot in, in you know in UFC history. It's incredible, and he's more than definitely got a shot. You know, especially when you think he's been a regular sparring partner of the likes of Alistair Overeem. So he's been working at a high level for many many years. Which, although it seems to us like he's come out of nowhere, the people mm. that know him have been training with him. They've known for a long time that he's been coming. Hmm. As you said there, though, Dan, Cormier's got a bit of a blueprint for this guy, hasn't he? He's fought a guy called, you know, people who don't follow the UFC. There's another big puncher out of the same camp, actually, uh, out of that Florida base called Rumble Johnson. 
Comier handled him twice quite successfully as well. You know, when you've got a blueprint over someone, I've seen Comier during fight week this week, seems uber confident, seems, you know, is there a chance maybe he's looking past Uzadmir because he knows this style so well? I actually think, you know, I was watching the weigh-ins uh, earlier today again, and I just I just feel like there's something about Cormier that's cracking a little bit. I feel like he might be... He, he realises that this isn't a John Jones, Alexander Gustafsson kind of fight, mm-hmm. but it's more than likely to, to be a more dangerous fight than those two guys. I mean, obviously, they're both very, very skilled, but they both take a bit of time. They're not really first-round finishers, either of them, whereas you look at... Uh, Uzdemir coming off two nice second knockouts. Cormier knows he's got to pass through, like I said, pass through that that danger zone to mm. get his hands on Uzdemir. And and he's, and he's, I mean, I think I think DC is a good analyst. I think he would see the same as me. Uzdemir is definitely mentally stronger than than uh, than Rumble Johnson. Yeah. Rumble Johnson, you can kind of see him break when his conditioning fades. You kind of see him start to question himself. He starts to outthink himself. Whereas I think Volkan is he's far more uh, mentally tough and mentally prepared for this. And I think he's, he's much better at being patient, taking his time and picking his shots as well. Are you, are you going for uh, a new champion there, Dan? I can hear that in your voice. Are you going for it? Well, you know what? Up until, up until I saw the weigh-ins, I actually thought Cormier was going to win a decision. But, yeah. but having seen him at the weigh-ins, talking a bit, he looks a little bit emotional in his face. He looks a little bit grey, to be honest, like he's not got a lot of colour in him, which... You know, it, it may show signs of a, of a pushed weight cut. Yeah. I just, I kind of feel like, I mean, Uzdemir's on the rise. We can't really question him, especially how he went through, uh, you know, Misha Serkinov and Jimmy Manoa. Mm-hmm. I mean, two big names in the division. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, a good grappler, a big puncher. He did the same thing to both. And like I said, he doesn't need any space to wind up. Like Rumble Johnson needs space to wind up. He's a huge puncher. But if he doesn't, if he doesn't have the space, he doesn't have short range power. Good point, yeah. You it know is. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's the man needs need 12 inches of space to knock you out? Hmm. A bit like you, Nick. You need 12 inches of space, don't you, too? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Let's get on to the, uh, the heavyweights, mate, because this is the one. guys on the rise. This is the Come one, on. isn't it? This is the one. Are we going to see yeah, his? Which which way is history going to go here, Dan? You know, are we going to see history made the first UFC guy to make three successful heavyweight title defenses, or are we going to see the first African UFC champion? You know, I, I've I've been feeling Miyoshi all along, and I'm still kind of feeling the same thing. I I, I like Ngannou. I think his potential is absolutely limitless. Mm. I mean, I really think he in the future he will redefine what it is to be a heavyweight. But in in the current day, Miyoshi has already done that, and he's proven over many many rounds, over you know over 25 rounds in the UFC. Yeah, he's had a lot of fights. He's shown adaptability. He's you know he's had struggles. He's picked himself up. He's figured out. Uh, the holes in his game he's had to close. And in the last few fights, not only has he been the champion, but he's realised his finishing potential in the first round. Yeah. But knockout rating is, is 76%. Ingarni is only 64 So Miocic is actually the more dangerous puncher, and he's been fighting at a higher level. So, you know, although obviously there's a, there's a huge danger in that first round, and yeah. all the odds are stacked to say that Ingarni is going to get a first-round stoppage, and you kind of, you know, when you get all the all the, the the discussion and the hype around this fight, it almost feels like everybody else thinks that's going to happen. But from from what I can see on paper, from the research that I've done, I feel like as long as Miocic gets past those first five minutes, he, he runs away with this fight. Late stoppage, solid decision. Yeah, there's you no, think, there's no way this does twenty. There's no way this does twenty five minutes, Dan. No way. 
No, I, I don't think it does either because I think Ngannou would, if Ngannou goes past the first round, we'll start to see a more laboured breathing, more effort in his punching, which makes it more predictable. And then Miocic, with that wrestling mentality where he's constantly on him, even though he's failing the, the, the takedown, still chasing him and making him work. Ngannou will slow down, he'll crack, and then Miocic will wear on him and lean on him like he did against Mark Hunt. And I think probably end of the third, beginning of the fourth, we'll, we'll, see, him, uh, we'll see him finish. I actually, I actually feel a bit sick with excitement. Honestly, yeah. I could. <laughs> I'm going for two first round knockouts and two new champions. Oh, yeah, yeah it's, wow. it's January. Let's You're going go in. Let's You're go going in. in. Exactly. Let's Jeez. go in. Listen, I'm going with Dan Hardy. He knows what he's talking about. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't blame you. Know, I've been wrong so many times. <laughs> Mate, listen, you know us. We, we're wrong every week. Listen, <laughs> Dad, thank you so much uh, for being on the show, buddy. Have a wonderful morning because I know you're going all the way through. Enjoy it, pal. No worries, guys. Always good talking to you. Top man, Dan Hardy there. Legend of the game. Just the best game. analyst best analyst in, in the, the game. game. No question Absolutely. about it. Um, just quickly, before uh, we wrap up that particular point on the UFC 220, I want to just throw towards Jimmy Manoa because he was with me earlier on this week. We had a little bit of a chat and I think it'll be interesting to get his take on this because he is the man that should be here, but he was knocked out in his last fight against Volkan Uzumir. I asked him whether Volkan can shock the world and knock out DC tonight. He's definitely got the power, but I don't think he's got the skill. And everything by rights, I should have beaten him, but like I said it before, anything can happen in a fight. Mm. And I'm not, I'm not going to say that DC is definitely going to win, but um, on paper, on paper, DC should, DC should win all day with, with his skill set mm. and everything. But then again, in mixed martial art, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't even put a pound on it. Do you know what I mean? Because um, yeah, anything can happen. Anything can happen, especially with light heavyweights and heavy hitting light heavyweights like us. Anything can happen. So, but that's that, that's the beauty of it. It's not like boxing where you can where you can half bet and say, oh, he's going to win this that, yeah. and the other fights go twelve rounds in and it's uh, and it's been some boring fight and everything. Like we've got four rounds gloves and it's it's just one little lack of concentration and everything anything can happen. And that's why the fans are buzzing for it now because a lot of fans are obviously maybe from a boxing background that have loved boxing, maybe lost a little bit of interest in boxing because as you said, some fights can be a little bit boring. But they go oh, over to the U. If you go to a UFC event, that this is legit. If you go to a UFC event, you can't help but fall in love with it because it's the first oh, fight. The first fight in the, on the card can be just as good as the last fight on the card. The main main attraction exactly. of the night. You know, anything can go. Exactly, exactly. exactly. That's that's the beauty of it. I mean, I, I go to a lot of boxing events, but I've, I've kind of fallen out of love unless I know someone who's fighting. Yes. Even if I know someone who's fighting, when they go twelve rounds and everything, it's hard to sit there and pay attention for 12 rounds and mm. most fights these days go to go 12 rounds you know mm. and that and, and 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 it's just got a bit a bit boring and that there's no real like knockout specialist coming through maybe Anthony Joshua but mm. that's that, that's about it really and that, and uh, but MMA anything can happen you can get crazy submissions you can get crazy knockouts and that's the beauty of it Listen, Jimmy, you've flirted in the past with maybe moving up in weight as well at maybe some point in your career. You look at those heavyweights that are going at it this weekend, Francis and Stipe. Do you fancy having a bit of a tangle with one of them lads? They can whack. That was, that was until I saw I met <laughs> Francis Ngannou. <laughs> I flirted with heavyweight until I met Francis Ngannou. The guy's an absolute monster. It is. If, I think he's even got bigger than last time I saw him. So, mate, that, that's going to be... that. But I don't like... The can you can you see it getting out of the first round? Can you see it getting out of the first round that fight? 
Not really. No. Not really. But but then again, I don't know. I don't know. Stipe's not no not an idiot either. He's a champion. He's got five knockouts in a row yeah. over all the top names and everything. So everyone's writing him off. But you know, any anything can happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen in this game called mixed martial arts. So Dan Hardy, the best analyst in the game, has gone for Uzumia Stipe. Mm-hmm. I'm going for DC Ngannou. Who are you going for? I'm going to go for Uzumia Ngannou. <laughs> You're going for two? So the three of us so have got, got three different opinions. There you go. Best of luck, everybody, when trying to pick <laughs> no, them fights. Yeah. Uh, early hours of uh, the morning. Uh, I think it gets on the weather main card about yeah. three o'clock in the morning on BT Sport. Check it out. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be absolutely lightning. Back to boxing next. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Work it, make it, do it. Makes us older, better, faster, stronger. Did you just tell me that you walked out to this? I actually did ring walk to this, yeah. Did you? Yeah. Embarrassingly. Why did you choose this? I got no idea. I think it was just kind of I was listen I was listening to College Dropout album right throughout training camp, so I chose this as a ring walk. I don't know why. Looking back, I should have just cho- chose a Rocky soundtrack. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. It is what it is. Anyway. Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport uh, with me, Adam Catterall, uh, from the Fight Disciples podcast. Nick Pete is with me. Plenty of guests on the show tonight. One of which was hope we were hopefully going to get hold of uh, Lucas Brown, but we're going to forgive him a little bit because he was in the UK earlier this week. He's just, uh, what is it, 24 hours to uh, to Australia. He's flown back home and it's the early hours of the morning. They'll be jet like He'll be jet like crazy. So we're struggling to get him at this moment in time. Luckily for us, when he was in the UK, we did get a little bit of a chat with him. Talk Sports boxing reporter Don McGuinness caught up with Lucas Brown earlier in the week and asked for his initial thoughts following the press conference. I think he's a little bit taller than what I thought he was. Um, he still is ugly though, so that's, that's a given. Um, yeah, I think I think it is very real. It's, it's not until you actually see someone face to face and and sort of look into their eyes that you it, it really does become that sort of real factor. So yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. And again, we we heard there was some, there was some stuff said in there that on both yeah. sides maybe that you you know you well your face then tells the picture. So you, you're not quite happy with some of the stuff that's been brought up. I mean, there, there was all sorts of issues there. I mean, what, what's your yeah. take on the whole thing? I think he has to sell the fight personally. So he's going to come up with all sorts of stuff to make me look bad, um, try to make himself look better. But just just the controversy. So he's going to bring up everything possible that he can. Um, and whether I've said it or not, he'll still make it up anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Um, I'll, I'll roll with it. I've, I have an issue with like being called a racist, for example, because I'm probably the furthest from you can imagine. But um, yeah, I, that's probably the only thing I've taken offence to in regards to what he's said so far. The other stuff that, that was thrown at you again, you know, you're going to swap barbs, we kind of expected that, mm-hmm. with, with, you know, the, the positive drug test. I mean, what's yeah. your take on all of that then as well? And put your side across, because it, it's no good to hear that at a press conference. We know yeah. what's happened, but yeah, yeah, yeah. how did it happen? How do you put that across for yourself? Um, well, three days before the fight in Chechnya, in Chechnya, um, blood and urine sample and was completely clear. So for me to take one shot of clenbuterol um, would be completely pointless in any, every way whatsoever. Apparently it gives you the, it gives you the shakes, makes your heart go faster, and it's for um, like speeding up, speeding up the metabolism and, and uh, stripping weight. So considering I already had a test and it was the day before the fight, I don't need to strip any weight whatsoever. Um, that they've found that to be obviously the, the, the case. It wasn't my, on my own doing that it came out. Um, so I was cleared. There was no dramas with that. The second one was completely utterly my fault, as, as he uh, described. That's why I didn't argue with it. Um, I've gone into a, the, the supplement shop, said, can I pre-work out and walked out? That was the end of the story. So, stupidly enough, um, I didn't check it properly, but that's completely my fault. Now, to, to come across and call me a junkie and everything else is quite funny because he got done for a pre-workout as well. I just think that's hilarious. 
Lucas Brown there speaking to uh, Don McGuinness uh, a little earlier on this week when he was in the UK. Um, he's obviously back in Australia at this moment in time, preparing for the fight, uh, which is happening back here in the UK um, against Dillian White on March uh, 24th, which we're all quite excited about. Now, for anybody that's listened to me and Nick uh, do programmes in the past, you'll know that we've um, we've got quite strong views on anybody that has failed drug tests in, in the past. The first time that Lucas failed his test with yep. the with the fight when he became the regular WBA world champion uh, in Chechnya. Yeah. I did feel for him. I really did because we know what the situation is like in Russia. We know that uh, I mean this is a country that has got a sponsored uh stopping uh, doping program mm-hmm. uh, and therefore all the things that he has just mentioned there in that conversation with Dom came out afterwards and you think to yourself all right mate you know you've been a bit naive going to Russia. I mean this is why Tyson Fury for example when he fought uh, Vladimir Klitschko in Germany took all his own water. He That's took right. everything out there by himself so yep. therefore nobody could get involved with any of his plan. All right. Lucas might not have that financial facility to be able to do that or the team to be able to do that. And you learn your lessons, don't you? He's been done. He's been cleared. Job done. Move on. Where I have or had a problem with um, was failing a second test. When you fail a second test, because if you fail one, then you've got to be absolutely on your game. You are, as he rightly says there, you're responsible for everything that you intake and and ingest uh, throughout flight camp. He's gone to a shop, taking something over the counter, whether it be a, a medicine or whether it be a, a, a supplement, tainted, and he's flagged up and he's failed a second test. And that's then, for me, always puts an asterisk against his name. Whether Whatever that has happened, yeah. I will always have in the back of my head a doubt now because you've failed twice. First time, naivety, okay, bygones be bygones, let's move on. But yeah. when you fail a second test, like, for example, Povetkin, who's also in this division, who's failed two tests, whatever happens now with Alexander Povetkin, I'll always think in my head, well, yeah, but you've been you've failed two drug tests, mate. Mm-hmm. Other fighters haven't failed two, two drug tests, so I will always have asterisks again. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am, but Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Now, listening to him. He came across brilliantly in the press conference earlier this week. Comes across as a really top guy. And you think to yourself, why? Why you? He must have major regrets. He must have, he must have major regrets. Because this is a guy that's an undefeated fighter that should be champion of the world. Absolutely. And he had that belt wrapped around his waist and he had it stripped from him, which is the worst possible thing. And when you're you know, rapidly approaching 40 years of age, like Lucas Brown is, you can't afford to make mistakes like that. He needs to take responsibility for his actions. But he sounds he, like he has done. He, he kind of is doing there. He's saying, you know, I, yeah, I shouldn't yeah. have done it. But in, in theory, why did you do it? Why, did, why is he walking into a supplement shop and buying a pre-workout and ingesting it? without doing the thorough research or without at least ringing somebody or even just checking himself. You know yourself. I've got the USADA app on my phone. It's free. So if I was going to go and buy supplements and I was a professional athlete, all I do is go through the ingredients list and check every single one. Now he's saying, you know, there was talk around it saying it may have been a tainted supplement batch or whatever, but that's never really been investigated. Mm. So for me, it was just, you know, because a lot of supplements you do see on, on shelves in stores, they do contain ingredients that are on the banned list. It's up to you as an athlete to check that they don't contain it. You even mentioned it to me the other week. Is it Lemsip or Vicks? Yeah, yeah, you can't. Contains, you can't have that because that's the stuff, the stuff in Lemsip and Vicks that's on the banned list. So... As you say, he comes back from Chechnya. He's got to take responsibility himself. It's it's all good and well going. Oh, it was my mistake. So what what happens now if there's a third one? Mm. Do we let him continue again because he says, well, I was in London and and someone gave me a coffee and um, somebody might have put something in the coffee. I don't know. I, I think somewhere in fight sports has to take responsibility for itself. And for me, you know twice and you're out kind of thing listen let's, it is let's, what it is it is what it is let's move on to the fight itself because the fight itself you're right and I think for fight fans we are all excited about it Johnny Nelson was here last week and he was excited about doing they were going to record the Gloves of Off episode and you know Johnny's practically doing press ups in the studio with us can he, can he saying I, I know these two are going to go for each other I know this is going to be absolutely crazy backstage so and I think the fight's going to be like that as well yes Lucas Brown's got 10 years on Dillian White but what Dillian White needs is an absolute tear up and what Lucas Brown brings is a tear-up. Mm. No, absolutely. 100% that. And I actually think, out of the two of them, I know that Dillian will probably argue this, I think Lucas Brown is a real, real handful for him because he can whack. Yep. He can really, really, really whack. But they're the type of fighters that Dillian loves to fight against. Exactly. Well, so this would be Dillian's argument. You know, Dillian wants fights like this. Dillian doesn't want to be fighting the guys like he has been. You know, Hellenius. Oh, Hellenius last time. I had one round in him. And after after one round, Hellenius went backwards and was in survival mode for the rest of the fight. Hmm. Made Dillian look bad. Yes, Dillian, you know, we, we all criticise Dillian afterwards. You've got to step on him. You've got to prove he's deserving of a world title. But it takes two to tango. I'll tell you now, Lucas Brown knows every step in the tango. These two are going to go at it. No, absolutely. Uh, March 24th, on the undercard, by the way, Callum Johnson, uh, Frank Bullioni, that's another great fight. Shaping up to be a really good card, that will keep you up to date uh, with more uh, bouts that get uh, thrown onto that. And hopefully, between now and then, we'll get to speak to Lucas Brown. We'd love to have a chat with him and get him on the show so he can air his own view. Stick around, plenty to come, including Isaac Chamberlain in the final hour of the show. On DAB Digital Radio and 1089 and 1053 AM, Fight Night with Adam Catterall on TalkSport. Hope you're well. Thank you very much. 
Uh, for tuning in to Fight Night on TalkSport, lots still to come, let me tell you. Isaac Chamberlain, young, up-and-coming British cruiserweight prospect. He's facing Lawrence Acoli at the O2 on February the 3rd. He's going to be on the show in the next 15 minutes or so for a little bit of a chinwag about that fight and various other things that he's going on with at this moment in time. He's actually sparring one of our favourite fighters in uh, Alexander Usyk, who's fighting next week in the World Boxing Super Series. Uh, we'll get to that, like I said, in 15 minutes from now. If you've only just tuned in, you've missed Martin Murray, you've missed Dan Hart, don't forget, we will put this up as a podcast, so therefore you don't necessarily miss them. You can listen to them tomorrow or Monday or Tuesday, whenever you wish to yep. wish, uh, listen to it. We'll stick it up there for you. If you want to get involved with the final hour of the show, you can. 08717 You can text on 81089, and you can also tweet me directly at Adam Catterall. Now, on a week-by-week basis, uh, we like uh, to shove stuff into our very own Fight Night Hall of Fame. Loads of random things have happened uh, when we put them in there. For example, fighters have gone in there, fights have gone in there, uh, trilogies, even Ricky Hatton's fans that went to Las Vegas, which Nick was one of, uh, went into uh, the Hall of Fame. But I've got something very, very special for you tonight. Cue the music. Uh, now, as I said, lots of different things can end up in the Hall of Fame. We put Ricky Hatton's fans that went to Vegas in there, Evander Holofield and Riddick Bowe's a trilogy went in there, Mike Tyson becoming the youngest heavy, heavyweight champion, he's been in there. There's, there's lots of little random things that we put in there, even particular fights that we really, really like. Now's Kevin Kelly at the back end of last year went in there. Now, when I say January the 20th, 2001 to you, Nick. Does anything stand out straight away? What were you doing in 2001, pal? Um, I was actually living in Australia then, 17 years ago. Oh, I. I was living down on, I was oh, down aye. under, mate. Yeah, yeah. Pretending to be a neighbour or on home mm, and away. Something like that, yeah. Surfing it hanging, up, were you? Hanging around the surf shack, yeah. Were you? Pretty Looking much. for Charlene? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Throwing shrimps on the barber, yeah. Well, I'll tell you something, right? I'll tell you what was going down over in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let Michael Buffer do his thing. Introducing first, fighting out of the blue corner, wearing the camouflage trunks and weighing in at an even 130 pounds. His professional record stands at a perfect 33 bouts. 33 victories, including 27 knockouts, and he has captured two world titles. Tonight, he challenges for number three. From Sacramento, California, here is the undefeated former IBF, IBA junior lightweight champion of the world, Diego Chico Corrales. And his opponent across the ring, fighting out of the red corner, wearing black trimmed with white, and also weighing in at an even 130 pounds. He comes to the ring also with a perfect professional record, consisting of 24 bouts, 24 victories, including 18 knockouts. Ladies and gentlemen, presenting 
the reigning and defending undefeated WBC Super Featherweight Champion of the World, Pretty Boy Floyd Mayweather. On this day in 2001, a 23-year-old Floyd Mayweather campaigning as a super featherweight met tall gunslinger Diego Corrales. Mm-hmm. What followed, my friend, in my opinion, is Floyd Mayweather's greatest ever performance. This fight is going in to the Hall of Fame because anybody of a certain age remembers Pretty Boy Floyd. I was going to say, this was Pretty Boy Floyd. This was long before he became Money Mayweather. Well, this is it. The younger mm-hmm. fans know him as Money Mayweather. From 2007 onwards when he fought Oscar De La Hoya and yep. became a pay-per-view superstar earning tens of millions, hundreds of millions of US dollars every single time he stepped through the ropes. That's the guy that became the businessman, the clever, the sharp cookie. Yep. I want to go pro Pre-money. That's where I want to go. I want to go pre-money Mayweather. I want to go to pretty boy. I want to go to the guy that used to chuck a little bit of leather. Yes, okay, he still didn't get hit, but he was aggressive. He was horrible. He got in there and he put people on their backsides. I mean, it was well documented in the final, what, 10 fights of uh, Floyd Money Mayweather since 2009. He hasn't knocked anybody out. And that was... Well, anybody real, yeah, of course. All right, then. You have a go at Conor McGregor, right? <laughs> but you, but that has been the rhetoric that has followed him around for the last 10 years. In the first 20-odd fights, oh, absolutely. he was absolutely ruthless. Not now, merchant, yeah. let's just paint a little bit of a picture of that particular fight. This fight with Diego Corrales. Diego Corrales. In I, pick, fact, I picked Diego Corrales to win this fight. Well, I remember he, it. I he used remember. to be one of your favourite fighters. Absolutely. Because he used to knock everybody out. At this time, he was absolutely one of my favourite fighters. And this was before one of my the fa- my favourite fights in history was when he fought Castillo, one of the greatest fights of all time. But I remember heading into this fight a couple of weeks prior to this. Lennox Lewis had fought David Tua, and I was over. I was traveling. Oof, there's at the a time. blast. Yeah, there was a blast. I was traveling at the time, so I'm surrounded by Aussies, and they're all getting excited about little David Tua having a go and stuff. And I was like, categorically, no way. Lennox will wipe the floor with him. So a couple of weeks later, by then they got, oh, he kind of knows his stuff. So a couple of weeks later, I'm still holding court. If you like them, go and listen. Come and see my mate Diego Corrales deal with this mouthy fella from Michigan. And how wrong was I? That was the moment for me. That was the moment. You're right. When Mayweather went. I'm something special in this way, you know, in this sport, and I'm going to go on and do great things because Corrales at the time was red hot, and even afterwards, Corrales went on to have a, a you know, an, an incredible career. Had some fantastic wards with uh, Casamayor and Castillo, mm. but that he, he found his level that night, or, or sorry, we should say Mayweather found his level that night and proved that there was there was a whole new level to this weight class that we hadn't seen before before he goes on this incredible run. As I said in the preamble, there are fights that have defined Floyd's career. You will refer to Oscar De La Hoya, people might talk about Manny Pacquiao, Ricky Hatton, those type of fights that happened post-2007 mm-hmm. that people are more familiar with. Now, you might be new to boxing, you might not necessarily knew too much about Floyd Mayweather pre, obviously, this undefeated run later in his career. Go to the early fights, there's some absolutely brutal knockouts in those early fights, and this for me is his, his finest performance. Yes, okay, there's more defining fights, more one fights that made him more money, but this is the fight that really, for me, puts him on the map, that I go, wow, who's this guy? Because at the time, Corrales, as you just heard with Michael Buffer's introductions there, undefeated, two-weight world champion, two-time world champion, absolutely the daddy. He was putting people over for fun, right? Putting them over for fun. Never been down. Never been on his mm-hmm. backside in a professional fight. Yep. And he was down, let me have a guess, 
four, five, in, six? How many times did Mayweather put him down? It was at, a few times. At the time of this fight being stopped, he'd been down five times. Wow. Three times in the same round. Wow. Floyd Mayweather put some serious, serious manners on this guy. A lot of people going into this fight were saying, oh, well, you know what I mean? We Ab- could- Absolutely. Depends what side of America you were on. That's where you kind of went with it, you know, mm. because Corrales was, was red hot. Uh, obviously, there was a lot of a big push behind Mayweather, and there was a lot of people realised that he had this incredible potential. But he hadn't really had that amazing breakthrough moment. And, you know, when, when someone's always got to go, as, as Michael Buffer announced there, that's they're the kind of legacy building fights where you go, okay, now we've got something special. Yeah, Floyd was the WBC champion for a long time before then, but this was the one fight where it was like, how good is this kid really? And he proved on the night he was about to become a legend. Would you say at that at this fight at this particular time, was that the moment where people started to talk about him becoming a great? Where you thought where you're starting to go through the the gears building up to the Oscar De La Hoya fight, and then at that moment when you take over the mantle of the because let's be honest, Oscar De La Hoya was the pay-per-view king at that time, wasn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. When he beats Oscar De La Hoya on that night, he obviously becomes the pay-per-view king. But that, for me, this fight is the moment where I go, this kid could really go through the gears. He could become a, a multi-multi-weight champion as he went on and proved that he to do later on in his career. Yeah, I, I think so. I think looking back now, it's easy to, kind of to say that. I think I remember at the time, as I say, I was kind of shocked that he'd won in the manner that he did. Um, and then it was only a, a couple of years later where he had the, the double fights Mayweather with, with Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. And obviously the first fight with Castillo, a lot of people thought he lost anyway. Hmm. Um, so there was a bit of a rocky road there. I guess it was when he, he moved up another weight division and took on the likes of Vittorio Gatti, Shamba Mitchell, Zab Judah. Yeah. That was when he really started gaining momentum. And as you say, it was the Oscar fight that transformed him into Money Mayweather. But, you know, in, in terms of the Hall of Fame, the performance against Corrales... That's one if you're a fight fan now and you you don't remember it or you weren't a boxing fan at the time, but you're a big Floyd Mayweather fight now a fan now, you've got to go back and watch the performance against Corrales because that was pretty boy at his very best. Absolutely at his very best. So that's why we're sticking it in the Hall of Fame this week. It is, of course, on this day in history. 2001 is the date, January the 20th. Years. Oh, that makes me feel so old. <laughs> Still got your uh, surf shorts on, haven't you? Still Absolutely. got your surf shorts on. Still got the flip-flops somewhere, yeah, you I'm are. sure. Well, you've come in them tonight. <laughs> uh, Floyd Mayweather Jr. versus Diego Corrales. I urge you to go and have a watch of it. It is an absolute epic. Coming up next, a man that's hopefully going to give us an epic in February against Lawrence O'Coley. It is, of course, Isaac Chamberlain. You listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. I'm going to train hard. You're going to maybe, it depends, put up a good fight and then we're going to see what happens. Listen, you think you're too good for your boots. No, no, you think Trust you're me. too good you for your boots. You have never, ever, dead. you have no. never in your life shown any, anything good. You're just going to see levels. You're just going to see levels. Trust you're going to show, you've never no, been at any level. All right, we're going to see, bro. You see exactly. them demons you had when they don't put you on your ass and not you out cold. Listen, look at this. You're going to get them demons. And that's it. going to run from Akoni. Ladies and Olympian, Olympian, don't you dare talk about pedigree. You but only came Olympics to show face. All you've ever done is stay Listen. in South London and box at English level. Listen. Don't you ever do that. You only went to the Olympics just to show face. Listen, you don't know what it says. Nah, you only came just to make up numbers. He hasn't looked under too much pressure. There we go. As soon as you say that, down he goes. And his eyes don't look very focused there, they don't look very clear. It's all Chamberlain, and he has finished it. And Isaac Chamberlain takes his customary bow. It's seven out of seven. 
And there's some excitement about this guy. That's a very good stoppage by the referee. There is no need to take any more punishment. Russell Henshaw was outgunned and Lawrence O'Coley gets the fourth win of his career and once again in that first round. When it comes to February 3rd and I'm putting on 10 ounce gloves, Isaac's putting on 10 ounce gloves and we make that walk to the ring, it's going to swallow him whole. We'll jump through the ropes, look over at him, the ref's going to speak to me, the ref's going to speak to him and then we're going to get to do battle. Oh, it's going to be a great fight. Oh, Isaac, this, Isaac, that. Go through my Twitter and yours. And you see who's talking the most. You're talking too much about me. Shut up and do your work and I'll see you February the 3rd. Uh, you listen to Fight Night on TalkSport. And I'll tell you something, I'm quite excited to speak to our next guest, mainly because uh, him and another young British prospect are going toe-to-toe. We're big fans of this, aren't we? We're big Absolutely. fans of British pos- prospects putting it all on the line. And let's get it on, man. Let's see who the, who the cock of the street is. That's what it is. None of this waiting for oh, all this down-the-line world titles. Let's do it right now. I'm the boy on my street, and we are going to get it on. Isaac Chamberlain, welcome to the show, mate. How are you? Uh, it's a pleasure to be, to be here, mate. I'm very good, thank you. We have, we have summed it up quite well there, isn't it? This is basically who's, the, who's the cock of the street. That's how it's going down, isn't Absolutely. it, Isaac? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, I just see it as a, a stepping stone, another opportunity to showcase my skills, you know. So, um, and just to show everyone that listen, being going from the Olympics, it doesn't really mean anything. Professional boxing and amateur boxing are two very different sports, and uh, people can kind of get lost into thinking three round um, fights with twelve ounce gloves is um, is the same as fighting ten rounds, you know, in championship fights. With ten ounce gloves, so just is to show that. Do you know something? That's a valid point, really, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, amateur boxing, Olympic boxing, more of a a point scoring system, I would say, for people that are not yep. too uh, switched on with this. Uh, but like you say, when you get with them uh, smaller gloves, when it gets to the professional game, it's all about um, taking a whack and dishing a whack. That's basically what the game is. Yeah, definitely, and uh, of course, it, it demands more of your mind. You know, more more training. Uh, it's it's a lot, definitely, in a professional game. It's a lot, and I don't think he, he's still yet to understand that. He's thinking just because you went to the Olympics, you didn't even win a medal, that you can go into the pro game and, and keep trying to convince yourself that you're as good as what you think you are. Where, where does the beef between you two yeah, come from? Yeah, I was just going to say, because I think fans often talk about pro boxing and say, oh, is the beef real? Is it genuine? But you get a feel between Isaac and, and Lawrence, there really is. It, it is genuine. Like There's a definite dislike for one another. Um, It's, it's kind of... How can I say this? Basically, it's like he just started waffling off. I don't know who who put him on his high horse, you know, since the Olympics that he's he's going to be calling out all these cruiserweights, you know, including me. And I'm just one of the only ones that replied because I'm not just going to sit there and let you comment and put stuff on social media about me. And then now he's trying to play as if I'm the one who called him out. Listen, mm. I don't call you out. I'm number seven in the country. You're number 19 or whatever, wherever the hell you are. I didn't need him, but the fight, every, the British boxing public wanted a fight. And obviously, I don't want to let my fans down and my supporters down. So we, we got it on. We got it made. But, I'd, you know, he's trying to think of it as ooh, a lot of ego and he's trying to take it personally. To me, this is just business. It's another fight. And I'm definitely, definitely ready to do my job on February the 3rd. 
We, well, we're looking forward to it anyway. Can't and we, and we look forward to it when, it's, when it is British prospects, two undefeated British prospects going yeah. toe-to-toe because it's quite easy to avoid each other at this stage of careers, isn't it, Nick? Yeah? It is, of, of course it is, you know, and a lot of guys are encouraged by the management and the promoters to stay away from each other as well. That's what makes this so much more exciting, both young guys, and they're going, you know what, let's see it. And I think on the night, the WBA Continental belt or something's yeah, yeah. on the line, but I'll be honest, uh, you know, I think Isaac will back me up here. It's not really about the belt, it's about maybe, you know, putting one or other in his place a little bit and, and, and seeing who's the kid right now. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, the bell just adds a bit more to mm. the spectacle. You know, it's going to be it's going to be an amazing night of British boxing. Um, Matrim contacted me telling me it's done more sales in box office than Golovkin versus Brook, which is outstanding. Wow. <laughs> Leave that. <laughs> Jeez, and, uh, that's some British beef, that man. Yeah, that's some that's British it. beef. It's British comparing it to Dylan White versus Anthony Joshua. Of course, Joshua's coming from the Olympic, yeah, um, the Olympics, and Dylan being from Brixton. But obviously, this is going to be the other way around. The way yeah. it's going to end. Lawrence mm. is obviously a, a big guy, Isaac. You know, he's tall. He's got long arms and. You know, how, how are you going to break that down? Are you going to get inside those pistons and break them up? I know you boxed, uh, was it David Atis last year? He was obviously, yeah. he was a big guy. Was it, yeah, it's 2017. He, he was, was a big guy eight. as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he was six foot eight. Have you seen Lawrence's legs? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you can slag him off. I can't slag him off. He'll knock me out. You crack on, son. You do what you want. <laughs> well, you know, at the end of the day, um, he has a lot of unanswered questions. And I've definitely answered my questions in a professional ring already. So uh, it's more everyone's really going to see, has he really got the guts to really go, you know, to really dig deep, to go 10 rounds? Yeah, everyone can say, yeah, I've been 10 rounds. Everyone can really say, yeah, they do 10 rounds in the gym. But in the gym and when it's a fight, when someone else is coming at you and training for you, it's very different. Mm. And I think you will definitely find out on the night because, you know, as far as we can say, yeah, he's big punch, he's this and he's that. I have definitely ticked all my boxes. If I if I have the gut check, I've had the the the, the fights, you know, the tough fights that I've that I've pulled through with, and he's still yet to to um to experience that. Mm. And the thing is, you know, of course, if some if you stand there with these journeymen that I've had one day's notice. If, if they just stand there waiting to be hit, of course you can knock them out. I think you need like two pounds of weight to to land on your chin to knock somebody out. I think, I think some sort of science like that. So of course um, it's easy to knock someone out if they're just standing there waiting for the shot. Yeah. But if it's someone that's been training, you know, training particularly for a fight and and gritting themselves and and going through the camp the way I have, going from Ukraine sparring the world champions, you know, even. They took me to Ukrainian boxing school, you know, and they brought me down trying to teach me other things. Vasyl Lomachenko was there. I was sparring with Alexander Usyk. Matthias Mastanak was there. Dimitri Kucha was there. All solid, solid campaigners and solid champions. And I was learning and thriving off all of them. So it's, I think that was great for, you know, it was if it was a different mentality because mm. the U- Olympic camp of Ukraine where I was staying at is basically hell on earth 
Yeah, I can imagine. Well, they were Listen, having... do, do me a favour. Pick all them names up that you've just dropped. Pick, pick all them up, <laughs> right, first of all. And let's get stuck into uh, Alexander Usyk, right? Because me and Nick are huge fans of this current uh, World Boxing Super best Series. Best cruiserweight on the planet. Well, all, all, all the best cruiserweights on a world level are in this tournament. We're going to get a unified, undisputed champion at the end of it. We think that yeah. Usyk's the boy. You've been spending time with him, man. You've been, uh, you've been swapping a bit of leather. Tell me how good this kid is. He's very good. <laughs> <laughs> Just as simple as that. He is very he's good. good. <laughs> and, and the thing about him as well is that he's solid. He's good. He's solid. And he has a boxing brain. You know, mm. he boxes. He could easily just be one of them tough nut guys that are just give it and take it. And he will stand there and, and trade. And he's definitely tough enough to withstand any storm and, and carry on. But he uses his boxing brain. Yeah. So he's flipping, evading. He's. He's very uh, coordinated as well, and um, every every time he's on the bag, he's teaching me things. I remember he was see after the first spa, he was telling me, okay, this is what you need to do, blah blah blah. The second spa, I did a whole lot better than he expected. I asked him, okay, how is that? How, what do I need to work on? Because I'm the type of guy I always want to learn. And he was like, oh yeah, it's okay, it's always good. So he stopped giving me advice. <laughs> <laughs> so. But, um, yeah, but that's a good sign, and that's a confidence booster for you because, like you say, we're, we're sat here and we're rating him as the best on the planet in that particular weight category. I mean, we even think he's going to step up to heavyweight and cause some serious problems up there as well at some point. So for you to be in there as a young guy, probably with aspirations of getting to that world level and competing at that world yeah. level, to being with the best that there is right at this moment in time, and for him to be impressed with the work that you're doing, all right, it's, it's, under, it's in the gym, it's not under the main lights, but that yeah. must give you a boatload of confidence, man. You must be sat there going, hey, I, you know what I mean? I'm on the right path. Yeah, 100%, because I'm the only um, boxer that they called back again for sparring, you know, and uh, I was the best sparring partner out of all of them, their coaches said. Wow. You so... know, so it, it kind of shows that I'm yeah. not far off from this level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I keep, if I keep you know, because I'm always the type of boxer I'm looking to learn and do more. What can I do to better myself? So I think this fight, you're going to see a lot of different things, you know, and you're going to see a lot of things where I haven't shown. And I, I just want to, you know, this fight is definitely going to be one where you don't have to be coming from the Olympics to to be something great. Mm. Because I think all these Olympians and stuff, you know, it's it's kind of like it's, it's, it doesn't guarantee success in the professional ranks. That's that, mate. Listen, go and ask Godley. Go and ask Godley Harrison well, the exact same James question. James Gale was the first Olympic gold medalist to ever win a world title. So yeah. that says it all. Look at the biggest stars in the last recent years. Yeah. Joe Calzaghe, Ricky Hatton, neither of them, Nazim Hamed, none yeah, yeah. of them then. Best, best, example could be, best example could be Nigel Benn. Yeah. He didn't win a Southern, exactly. Southern, yeah, yeah. East, Southern Eastern division in the amateurs. And look what he's gone on and achieved. No, so it, it can definitely show it if you just if you just work extremely hard, dedicate yourself, mm. you know, and always keep looking to improve. Then I think you can be whatever you want to be. And as well as that, obviously get selfies with uh, Vasil Lomachenko, which uh, we, we, we're bowing down to you, man, because yeah. he's God. He's the man. <laughs> he he is the man. We worship that kid, and uh, you know what I mean. You've, you've been in his presence. Is he as humble as he comes across on the uh, on his Instagram? Oh yeah, he definitely is. He's a great guy. He was giving me so much advice as well because he came to watch Usyk spar, but he was very, he was um, like surprised at how I was moving because I was I, obviously I watch a lot of Vasyl Lomachenko and I was trying to copy their style, and obviously I came there with a blank canvas in my mind to soak in everything that they were doing. Yeah. So I, it wasn't really about me. It was about picking up everything I can from these guys, you know, because obviously they've been there and done that. So I'm trying to 
you know, soak up as much knowledge as I can. So every time they were telling me I'm doing this, I need to do this, and I was copying it, the angles and how they the Ukrainian boxing style. Uh, it was just, it was great, you know. And he was like, "Wow, this guy is so as big as he is. Look at the way he's moving." And he knew I was watching him. Are you going to be getting? Are you going to be getting a Strictly Come Dancing contract? Is that what you're telling us without footwork? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh man. I don't know. We'll, we'll see after the fight. <laughs> <laughs> Little twinkle toes, Chamberlain. That's what, that's what they're going to be calling him. <laughs> Listen, Isaac, it's a pleasure speaking to you, man. What, how's um, now? Obviously, you're back from the Ukraine, um, and the fight's only a couple of weeks off now, like ten days away. So, what, what's the what's the situation now? Uh, tapering down. Is that is this week leading up uh, to the last weekend of January? Is that your last w- week of sparring? Yeah, just last week of sparring, tapering down, just lots of speed work, sharp work. Yeah. You know, um, my uncle has the plan. I'm currently staying at his house right now. so We love that as well. Families. Mm-hmm. Families all working together. Because for those that don't know, uh, your uncle's your trainer. He's the, he's, the, he's the guy with the plan, yeah? Yeah, definitely. So we're just, we're, at the moment, it's just, you know, I'm just sleeping here because obviously there's another welterweight prospect that is that is staying with me as well. His name is Chris Congo. Mm. He's fighting on Dylan's show in March the 24th. Yep. Dylan White show. So, uh, so your uncle's running some type of hotel there, mate. I hope you're paying rent. Come on, man. You gotta you gotta sort him out. <laughs> this, is a, this is a worse hotel because he wakes us up at 5 a.m. to go run miles. So I don't I don't know what kind of check-in that is. <laughs> 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 Listen, as long as it's hot, hot running water, mate, and a decent breakfast, that's all that you need, yeah? Sometimes the water don't even turn on. <laughs> He's wishing he was back in the Ukraine now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's... <laughs> but it's, it's good, though, because um, it keeps us locked in. It keeps us focused. Because, obviously, as soon as I got off the plane, people were, fans were stopping me. And it's yeah. the thing to, to see that um, people are supporting me and, you know, a lot of people are backing me to win it's, it's really humbling you know that I come from nothing and people are looking up to me and hope I can just give that um, inspire everyone that you know you can come from nothing and, and achieve something especially coming from where I am you know and uh, that, but it's good that I'm at my uncle's because I'm not going I'm not out yeah. or everywhere and yeah, and I'm literally just locked in and focused on listen I bet that WhatsApp's still going with the lady I bet it still is mate come on be straight with me Nah, I'm telling you, bro. <laughs> Listen, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy um, the rest of camp, and we look forward to seeing you in action at uh, Feb 3rd. It's going to be an absolute cracker. Take care, mate. Take care. Superb. Um, Isaac Chamberlain there joining us on the show. Superb stuff. If you're only just joining us, by the way, this is going to be available as a podcast. Make sure you're a part of this and downloading this on a, a day-to-day, week-by-week basis. Stick around. Plenty more to come. you listen to Fight Night on Talk Sport. Yeah, to the boot, more base than Bootsy Collins. You versus me, that's like Ali versus Foreman. Uh, you're listening to Fight Night on TalkSport with me, Adam Catterall. If you want to get involved with the final 25 minutes of the show, you can. 0817 Tweet me, at Adam Catterall. Loads of different random uh, comments coming in regarding uh, how much people appreciated Isaac Chamberlain. He was on top form there. Great. Uh, and earlier on, people talking about Martin Murray and the like. Uh, a little bit of Dan Hardy as well, who was also on the show. I'll tell you something, it's going to go crazy now. Internet's going to melt uh, with uh, the next man that is on the show, the main man from the States, Gareth A. Davis. How are you, mate? You good? I'm very well, gentlemen. Good evening. <laughs> good evening to you, sir. Now, listen, last week on the show, um, it was you that told us, listen, 
Joseph Parker's on a plane. He's on his way. He's ready to uh, make the announcement. It's going to be happening. Now, this week, this is what we like, right? Because everybody knows that AJ Parker's been made. We know that it's happening March 31st. We know it's coming to Cardiff. But Gareth's got some behind the scenes. He's got. He's connected. He's this kid. Come on. Tell me a little bit more, Goss, regarding how that fight gets made. Well, it, it was fascinating, gents. Um, you know, um, the, the fact that um, Parker's team had intel over the fact that Sky Box Office were putting pressure on Eddie Hearn and um, and Anthony Joshua to to really make these three fights they were talking about after he beat Carlos Takam, obviously to unify the belts. And you know, knowing that what was going on with the Wilder camp with Joshua, with Joshua and Wilder, Deontay Wilder not going forward because. Wilder was asking for too much. They knew that Sky Sports box office or Sky Box Office were putting pressure on on Hearn. They worked very hard. They came out with a campaign. Um, and in my, my piece in the Sunday Telegraph kind of outlines that tomorrow. It's actually online now. But the um, it's just a very interesting way they've operated. I mean, people think David Higgins, Parker's promoters, a, a, bit, a bit kind of loony at times, but he's very bright. Spent a lot of time talking to him already. Um, and Craig Stanaway, believe it or not, used to be his PR guy used to be the control of uh, Talk Sport. I had a cricket show that he gave me with Phil Tuffle years ago on there. And uh, he's a smart guy, Craig. And you know, they, they've had to think smart to get this fight. I don't think they got the percentage they really wanted in the end. Um, but I think, I don't, know what you, I don't know, I haven't heard the show and what you made of the press conference earlier this week, but I think they could have been a bit more aggressive with Joshua at the press conference. I think they let him get away a little bit. Because mm. I think once he started coming out and giving excuses for why he'd be knocked down. I thought they could have gone for the jugular, frankly. Yeah, I think as well, the, a lot of the rhetoric got building up to that press conference. I mean, we, I mean, with you last week, we were talking about Joseph yeah. mentioning smashing uh, Anthony's chin and various things like that. And yeah. I was really looking forward to the press conference of thinking to myself, right, okay, let's have it. But it seems now... Yeah, big men muscle pushing. Big yeah, muscle absolutely. Pushing, and we didn't get any. Yeah. Well, that's it. Now, I, now we watched the press conference. It was like, well, okay, maybe he's only just said that to seal the fight or yeah. seal the deal. And that's yeah. how it's kind of played out with the, with the British fans, I think. I think. I think there's also an element of the fact that Joe Parker's walked into the biggest, most intimidating press conference of his life. I don't think he's ever seen anything mm. like the Anthony Joshua show. And that's going to tell it when he walks out in Cardiff in front of 80,000, 90,000 as well. He, no one's ever seen anything like this of this generation. So maybe on the day, he just kind of got caught in the headlights a little bit because Parker was very reserved. I thought AJ was pretty reserved as well. And it was kind of left for Eddie and, mm. and them to go backwards and forwards yeah, to make that, a bit of a ding dong. In fact, is that on the undercard, Gareth? Is, uh, <laughs> is Eddie and. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think it's a, they're, they're very different sizes, those two. I mean, I think uh, I think he's got a bit of a dig on him, Eddie. Certainly, knocking his old man out. Anyway, but um, yeah, but it was, I thought it was fascinating. Anyway, absolutely fascinating. Looking forward to it. March thirty first, Cardiff. Um, dead excited about that. Also, uh, a lad that's been on the show previously with me and you, Gareth, a pal of yours. You've covered his career extensively. Tyson Fury news this week uh, that. Uh, uh, the uh, the ban on his license has been lifted, subject to uh, medical grounds. Exciting times. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in the next eighteen months, we are going to see these four unbeaten heavyweights fight, and um, you know, the three champions and uh, and Tyson Fury. And it's a great time, and we, we will find the number one um, in the next eighteen months. It may well be Joshua, and I don't think it'll be Deontay Wilder, and I don't think it'll be Joseph Parker. But I think Joshua has got a, a tough fight on the thirty first. But Tyson Fury back. He is. You know, he's a dynamite in the mix. And once he's in there with them all, he's the one that really generates the kind of explosive headlines. I think it's fantastic.
Now, for people who listen to the show on a regular basis and wondering, why is Gareth on the phone? Why is he in the States? Well, basically, he's having a month-long holiday. However, he is doing a bit of work whilst he's out and about, enjoying himself. Uh, and tonight, uh, you are... Uh, seeing as we was just speaking about heavyweights, this kind of sits quite nicely because switching codes to mixed martial arts. You're over at uh, the Bellator event this evening uh, where fans of mixed martial arts who were familiar uh, with some of the old-school fighters like uh, Chael Sonnen and Rampage Jackson, they're going toe-to-toe. They are indeed. Um, they're, they're two, two, two main events there are tonight. Uh, Douglas Lima um, defending the Bellator uh, welterweight title against Roy McDonald. Arguably, that's a number one pound for pound in the welterweight division fight um, going on tonight. That's a terrific fight. But of course, the beginning of the Bellator heavyweight tournament tonight with Quinton Rampage Jackson, two non-heavyweights fighting a heavyweight, although Quinton obviously did when it was kind of, uh, you know, no-weight uh, divisions way back in prime mm. and... Uh, and those days, but but you know the thing is, Quentin Jackson and Chael Sonnen on the same card in the same hotel in the same city, even they are they are two superstars. They are such major personalities, and you know the funny thing about Quentin is that Chael's a great talker, but Quentin's Quentin's presence is is extraordinary. And you know I caught up with him this week. He's such a star. Obviously, you know he played uh, Mr. A and uh, Mr. Mr. T in the A Team Hollywood remake recently, and. Um, I just think it's a shame. He's, really, he's still having to fight, fight for his future. He wants to win this heavyweight tournament. But I caught up with him um, a couple of days ago, and I started by asking him how he manages to be so lighthearted with the media. That's right. I'm a big kid. I like to laugh. I like to joke around. Look, I'm a positive person. If you had a, a positive experience with me, that means you've, you was positive towards me. And there's something about the shape of your head, your neck. I've just seen you with a shirt off in a photo shoot. You look different to any time in the last few years to me, physically. Oh, really? I feel different. I feel stronger. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm in better shape. I've, I did something that I should have did a long time ago. Uh, uh, Tiki and, and uh, Coach Paul and guys, um, and, and they, they introduced me to a, a nutritionist here. Uh, Eric Wertha, man, wish I would have met this guy years ago. Uh, and this guy is one of the best nutritionists that I've ever, uh, ever worked with. He knew exactly uh, how to get me um, back in shape. He knew exactly. He knew exactly about my thyroid situation. Oh, he knew exactly what to do. I was, I, I was very impressed. And I, and I hear that the big thing, though, that the, the drug you were att- addicted to was ketchup. Yes. And you've, and you've quit ketchup altogether, so it's yeah. cold turkey on turkey with no ketchup. No, that's right. I, I only have ketchup on cheat, cheat days, and it's now it went from half a <laughs> damn, <laughs> bottle to, uh, half a bottle a, a, a week to a tablespoon, tablespoon at, at my cheat meal. You, you, you've, you know, you've had a, an incredibly long career. Um, you've been in the movies. You you you're seen almost like a Marvel comic hero. You, you've got that kind of. You've got your own brand. You've always had your own brand. Um, what's the most important thing for you now in in your last few years, if I can say that, in fighting? What what, what do you want to go out to do in the end? Obviously, you want to earn money. It's what you do as a job. But what what's the key for you? How do you want to leave? The sports in terms of the fans' eyes and yours, your eyes, and all well, those kind of well, things. The, the main thing I'm focused on right now is to get this this heavyweight belt in this tournament. That's that's the first thing I want to do, and then after that we'll see. You know, I I was, you know, I never fought for glory or or, or anything. That's never been, you know, what I'm saying my my motive. I've always kept it real and let everybody know it's like it's my career, it's my it's my job. 
You love a bit of ketchup as well, don't you, Nick? <laughs> Absolutely. Not, as much, for, as, not as much as Rampage from the sound of things. Do you go for half a bottle? Blooming heck, out. Half a bottle That's a lot. He's drinking the stuff, Gareth. <laughs> Blooming heck, son. What's ketchup shots. I know. I, listen, I'm, I've got to say, and I do want to say this to listeners, he does look in really good shape. I mean, he is 250 pounds. But he, um, he, he, you know, I went to the photo shoot with him and he looked fantastic. And he is so funny. I mean, he really, we, we went into much more detail about the ketchup than just that. But it was unbelievable. <laughs> it's like, he's so interesting. He, but he's so, he should be so much more of a mainstream star than he is. I mean, he does. He walks down the street. Everyone knows who he is. You know, he's howling. He's got his giant chain on around his neck. He's, but he's such fun. And, and Bobby Rimmer's with him. He's given up ketchup, but he's taken up Bobby Rimmer, yeah? <laughs> Bobby Rimmer. This, this, this six-year-old from, from the north of England, he's out here, he's trained with the Hatton in the past. Rob, um, Bobby was telling me this week that Rampage really reminds him of being around Ricky Hatton. He's very similar, always fun, always telling jokes. He said it's a laugh a minute, you know, and, but he's so chilled out. And I think, you know, um, I, really, I would really like to see him do well athletically in this tournament. Now, if he can push Chael Sonnen off a few times, Sonnen's 25 pounds, 30 pounds lighter, in this tournament, Frank Mir faces Fedor Emelianenko next. Mohamed, um, Mo King Molawal faces Ryan Bader. Roy Nelson against Matt Mitrione. There's some really good names here. And, you know, if Quinton could progress through this tournament, he could have a, a final hurrah for two or three years. I think he really deserves it. Um, so I think he's a little bit down on his luck in terms of how his money's gone in this business, like so many fighters. But, you know, this, this is an amazing card tonight in many ways. Historically, um, Conry Gracie, the 20-year-old son of Hoist Gracie, the very first winner of the UFC, is fighting on the card at welterweight. Um, there's a kid from Compton who could walk to the arena tonight, um, Joey Davis, who was 133 and 0 as a wrestler. He's fighting a kid that lived on the streets called Ian Butler. Um, but there's a guy, I've got to tell you about this guy. This is, this is why, you'll both love this, it's why we love fight sports. There's a guy called Shane Crookton, who's 31, who's fighting, again, an amazing young wrestler, who's Aaron Pico, who's a brilliant young mixed martial artist, who probably will be a world champion at featherweight or, well, or lightweight one day. But Shane Crookton is 31. Ten years ago, he weighed 250 pounds, yeah? He's now fighting at featherweight, 145 pounds. Wow. He was in the Marines. He was in the Marines. He got blown up by an IED in Iraq, part of his head blown off. He came back, he suffered from PTSD, he killed himself. They revived him. Um, he came out of that. He joined uh, a biker gang um, in California. He got he bought his way out of them. Um, and then he really got in the gym. He lost 100 pounds in weight. He's had 12 MMA fights now. He's got two young kids. And I sat and enjoyed an hour with him. Um, and I will run this story out. I think the Telegraph or Fighters Only magazine, or maybe on our show in a couple of weeks' time when we've got a space. Because I sat with him for half an hour, and his story, gents, was incredible. Sounds it. Sounds what I love bonkers. about what we do. Absolutely. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. It, it, this card there, Gareth Ajay, it's full of characters, and the tournament itself, this Bellator heavyweight tournament, you know, it, it is what it is. It's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a legends tour, but you know, there's, there's certainly yeah. no harm in that. There's certainly appeal involved, but you know, the big question from this side of the pond is, you know, your mates with Scott Coker, the president of this organisation, when are we going to get Bellator events live in the UK? Yeah, absolutely right. Well, listen, they are sick to death of me asking that question about nine I asked him about 9am in the morning <laughs> and 5pm in the afternoon every day I'm here um, and I have done for the last year and a half they are trying to find a solution to anyone listening mm. that's all 192 is going out um, annoyingly next Saturday night on yeah. Spike in the UK yeah. they've got to change this 
clearly there's interest in this tournament. Mm. Um, uh, Viacom, who spiked over here, have changed to Paramount this week. They've got the a same here, Gareth. Yeah, name. same in the UK. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they um, they own Channel Five. Yeah. Mm. So it's not as if people couldn't watch it, or it couldn't be. They've got three or four channels over there. So you know, it doesn't make sense. There's a ready-made audience, and as you as you know. The UFC, and I know you spoke about it earlier in the show, the UFC's got an event in Boston today, um, or this evening. There's two, you know, the, the card is not very good at all, but the two main uh, fights on the top, the light heavyweight title and uh, the heavyweight titles are terrific fights. I, I think, um, you know, Daniel Cormier will take Ozdemir uh, to the ground, and he has to, um, and, and destroy him on the ground after two or three rounds. And I think Stipe Miocic, if he can get through a round against Nganu, uh, will retain his title, because he'll get Nganu to the ground. And once that truck is turned upside down, it won't be getting on its feet again. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, um, yeah. Good point. Um, but, the, but, the, um, but the point being, you know, that's live in the UK tonight on mm. BT Sports. Mm. There should be an attempt. Because Bellator are making a serious run at the UFC over here. They're, mm. they're both growing. You know, the UFC's had a bit of a pause. Conor McGregor's gone. Ronda Rousey's gone at the moment. And, you know, there's, there's a real opportunity for Bellator with being a terrestrial channel on a terrestrial channel to really push its cause. And, you know, they should be doing it televisually abroad. I think some big chief executives need to bang their heads together, frankly. I agree with that. Listen, my man, you enjoy the show tonight. I've no doubt we'll be speaking again in the not-too-distant future when you finally finish your holiday. Keep enjoying yourself. Uh, you're listening yeah, to... I'm with Andre Ward on Monday. Thanks very much. Top, man. Take care, mate. Uh, you're listening to uh, Talk Sport. This is Fight Night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.